Amen, amen, amen. Again, it's good to see everybody in the house of God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. I want to say, yeah, it's good to see Sister Monique in the house of God with us here tonight. Now, we don't know why she's here. She just really likes this beautiful area around here. So she comes and visits often, but we're glad to have you here for whatever reason you showed up. Would you like to sing a special tonight? No? Okay. Amen. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And as you're turning there, I want to say uh, we are we're trying to work with Envy Energy on the heat in here. So apologize if it's a little warm. You know, that's just how it goes in Nevada. It's hot in the summer and it's cold in the winter. Hallelujah. But we're going we're gonna to have church in Jesus' name. And if it makes you feel any better, it's a lot hotter up here. Amen. So I might just come down there and preach to you all down there tonight. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. Jesus said, Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, he does this a few times, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the culture of the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom. Would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our voices and let's pray. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit, God. We're giving you praise and honor here tonight. Pray, God, that this word would permeate into every heart and into every mind, God, that it, would, that it would help us, God, to become everything that you're calling us to be, God. Hallelujah, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise, Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody clap your hands and shout in him with a voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand, tell them God bless you, and then you can be seated in the house of God. Hallelujah. The culture of the kingdom. The last eight months we've been spending time, and we've been going through doctrine, and we have, we have not ceased to teach the doctrines in the Bible. And there are a lot more doctrines that we will probably continue to go into. Uh, but, but I do feel a shift, amen, to continue, uh, to continue with our, our series this year on To Be Continued, where we are going to go through the ten things in which brought the early church revival. And doctrine was the first one listed. But then there is another category that we are going to be going through that that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking bread, fellowship, prayers. And there's a lot more things that we can go into, but for the next several weeks, I want to spend time really hammering down on apostolic culture. And, and tonight, I, I want to start that off, and I want to preach it right. 
about the culture of the kingdom. Amen. The Bible lets us know that Jesus was to come. It was prophesied that he was to be one that spoke in parables. The Bible even says that he would not speak to the multitudes unless he spoke in a parable. A modern-day way of looking at that, it would be almost like a nursery rhyme. There is a story being told that the common man could understand. But if you really were to read into that story, if you really were to read into it, there is a lesson that is being presented there. Jesus was trying to make it to where this lesson, this parable that he would give, this tale, if you will, would get into the minds of the people and they would go on their way home and they would be reciting in their mind the stories that Jesus told. He was not, uh, Jesus was not trying to be Dr. Seuss. Jesus was, was not trying to be Grimm's fairy tales. But Jesus had a deeper lesson there that he wanted the people to grab a hold of. And it was even prophesied of Jesus that he will only, he will open his mouth and what will come out are these parabolic stories and sayings. And he said that, that this reason that Jesus will do this is that he will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Can I tell you here tonight that if you are a Christian or aspiring to be a Christian and you want to know the secrets of how to be effective as an apostolic person, how to be effective in the kingdom of God, how to be effective as a child of God, all you've got to do is open up your Bible and begin to read the words of Jesus and those very words will begin to fly off the page and, and it might at first just look like another fairy tale, another story, but the Word of God, as we learn in Hebrews, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Can I tell you about the Word of God for just a moment? That Word can get down to the very thoughts and intents of your heart. It can divide between, amen, good, evil, right, wrong. That Word can begin to work as a scalpel in your life. That Word of God, amen, he said, I speak in this. But it is through this parabolic teaching and speaking that he says that I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Can I tell you that there are secrets in this book, amen, that, that, that you know, there's always books being written about the secret of the universe or the secret of a long life or the secret of this, the secret of that. All those people are selling you a bill of goods, but if you were to look into the words of Jesus, he is giving you secrets, amen, to life itself. He's giving you revelations that no man on earth could comprehend and understand by themselves. Amen. When you come to church, you're not just coming to another uh, another TED Talk. I know there's some churches like that. They want to be a TED Talk on fire. They want to give you three points, uh, amen, and a poem. But I want to tell you about the apostolic church. It's a lot different, amen, than a TED Talk on fire. You see... We're not trying to go and just give you a bunch of information that will maybe help you cope with your daily life. But when we open up this book, we are opening up secrets, amen, that have been held from the foundation of the world. We're holding on to something, amen, that started this whole thing. And if it started this whole thing, it will finish this whole thing. Hallelujah. 
This, this word of God is powerful and everything Jesus is saying. He said, I'm revealing to you. Amen. This isn't just story time with Jesus, but he's saying, I'm opening up a revelation and that revelation is going to be something that, that, that was from the foundations of the earth. And this is foundational teaching, foundational revelation. These foundational things are, are the very building blocks of life itself. Amen. It is in that teaching Amen. That we could we could say, well, the doctor says I'm sick. Well, let's go back to the Word of God, and 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 there was no sickness at the foundation. Amen. When you go back to the building blocks of the Word of God, there was no sickness at the building block at the very beginning of the world. There was no sorrow at the beginning. Well, how how is it that I don't have joy right now? Can I tell you about this secret that is in the Word of God? Amen. That you open up this book, and the Bible says that in the Holy Ghost, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. This world doesn't understand it. They can't comprehend it. But I want to tell you that every time you crack open this book, every time we teach out of this book, every time we preach out of this book, there are things that are being revealed that God had at the very foundation of existence. Man, it is in this, this teaching Jesus goes through and tells several parables. We don't have time to get into them here tonight. We will continue. Amen. As we teach on this, we'll go through several of them. But one of the lessons and the first ones he talked about was the sower and the seed, as we would call it. He talked about four soil conditions. There was, there was the wayside. There was a stony place. There was, there was all these different uh, elements of the ground. But then he gets finally to the fourth ground, and that was good ground. Everything, amen, was determining what that, what that seed was doing, what that word that he was speaking, if you will, the word of God, that foundational secret, if you will. It was all dependent on the soil condition of somebody's heart. And he's saying, I've got all these secrets I want to tell you. I've got all these great words I want to give you. But if your heart is not right, if your heart is not ready, you will not receive any revelation. Can I tell you, having a right spirit is, is part of getting a revelation from God. That's why David would say, create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. Amen. If you don't have a right spirit, if your heart is not clean, you, you, you can come to the house of God and you can hear preacher after preacher, teaching after teaching, and it won't take root in your life. I'll tell you why. You've got to take some time to cultivate your heart. You've got to take some time to cultivate your life. I know this is preaching right now. Amen. But can I help somebody? That's what you got to do every time you go into prayer. When you go into pray, you are praying, God, make my heart right. God, make my spirit right. Because I want to receive your word. Oh, somebody lift up your hands for just a moment if that's your prayer. Oh, come on. I want to receive your word. I want to receive your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but these parables, you know, we, we can go through them. But, but the first thing he talked about in this context is he talked about the good ground. And if we've not obtained the revelation of becoming the good ground, this is something that doesn't just happen because of what home you were born in. Amen. What family you lived in and what bloodline you come from and how much money's in your bank account. Anybody that's going to be good ground has got to take some time and cultivate their heart. And we've got to prepare our heart to receive his word. Amen. Because if we don't prepare our heart to receive his word, no matter what secret he wants to give us, no matter what revelation he wants to give us, it will not affect us the way that it should. Amen. This parable that we got into here tonight is not talking about the sower going forth to sow. It's not talking about the word of God 
eventually getting there. Amen. It's it's not even talking about amen the fact that it has that that it's going to be planted. But this word here today is talking about people that have already received the word. It's not wondering whether or not they're good ground. This parable is talking about people that have already been receptive to the word of God. Amen. And, and, and he says that the, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, if I were to liken it to something, he tells a parable, it is like a woman that took a measure of leaven and she put it, amen, into this meal or this, this flour, if you will. And leaven is like yeast for anyone that's a baker. It is, it is a culture. It is an, an active bacteria, if you will, that will help ferment the bread to help the bread go from just being flat and having no vibrancy to it, no life to it, if you will. Uh, I'm already getting ready to preach. But, but this leaven will go there, and it will begin to elevate the loaf, and it will begin to elevate the flour and the dough. And this one-time flat dough that had no life, had no purpose, uh, it, it will begin to rise. It was empty, but now it's filling up with air. It's filling up, amen, as, as it goes forth. And, and, it, and he says the kingdom of God is just like that. This woman takes this measure of meal, this flour and, and this dough, and it's just flat. It's hopeless. It's lifeless. There's nothing to it. But I want to tell you about the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is not like the bread. It's not like the loaf. It's not like the measures of meal. It's not like the dough that just stays empty and it stays lifeless. But the kingdom of God is the leaven. It's the culture. It's that active bacteria. And this woman takes it and she puts it deep into the bread and the dough. And she begins to knead it into the dough. And then it goes on to say she takes it. Amen. Luke would put it this way. She takes it and she moves it into a cupboard and she closes the cupboard door and leaves it alone. Can I talk to you about the kingdom of God for a moment? The kingdom is about private development. Talking about kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is not always something that is achieved in the open among everybody else. Amen. Being a child of God is not always something that is seen. Being a child of God is not something that is always noticed by everybody else. But what happens when you get the Holy Ghost, what happens when you have received, amen, this power, amen, of the Word of God in your life, it is like leaven being put into your life, and God shuts it away into the recesses of your heart, and God begins to work, and God begins to move. Anybody ever experienced that? It wasn't something everybody noticed right at first, but you knew when you got home after that service, when you got home after that prayer meeting, that something began to change in your life. Something began to change in your heart. Something began to change in your mind. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, come on, let's pray for just a moment. Hallelujah, the leaven of the kingdom. Amen, that kingdom culture. God implants it into us, and God begins to do some shifting and some changing, but it doesn't happen in the light. It happens in the dark. That's why Colossians 1 and 3 would say that our life is hid with Christ in God. Once we have received the word of God, he plants us, and he plants it in a secret place. 
And it is in that secret place. This is where a lot of people miss it. They like when they were at the altar and everybody was praying with them. Amen. Everybody likes that moment when they are they are first getting that experience of the Holy Ghost. So they're first getting that conversion moment. Everybody's there watching and praying and helping you. But I want to tell you, child of God, there comes moments where God removes you from everybody else. And God takes you and he puts you away in a cupboard. And he puts you away in a dark place place. But can I help somebody when we're talking about the kingdom? The kingdom only comes to pass when people get it right in private. Amen. The kingdom the culture only changes when people go home. Amen. It doesn't always happen at church. It happens at their house. It happens in their kitchen. It happens in their living room. It happens in their bedroom. When no one else is around in the dark cupboard of life, God begins to change you. Oh, somebody magnify him. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Can I help somebody? Amen. It's easy to get caught up in the exuberance of church. And I want to tell you, we have exciting church. If you missed Sunday, you missed it. We had powerful, exciting church. But I want to tell you, the kingdom of God and the culture of God is not always made manifest in the excitement. It's not always made manifest in the exuberance. I'll tell you where the kingdom culture is made and where it's affecting people. It's in the darkness. It's in the solitary. It's in the lonesome. Come on, I'm helping somebody. It's in that place no one else is around that God can really start making changes. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, what do you do when God leads you into a dark place? Thank you, Jesus. You're affecting my mind. Thank you, Jesus. You're affecting my spirit. What do you feel? What do you do when you feel like God's locked you away? I want to tell you, God's got a purpose for you. Worship Him in the darkness. Worship Him in that lonely place. Amen. Some people they are all right with the exuberance, but they start feeling lost when God leads them into dark places. When no one's around to pat them on the back, and can I help somebody? Most of the time you live for God, there are no pats on the back. Amen. There might be knives in the back, but there's not a lot of pats in the back. Amen. Uh, but but some people get it twisted. They don't think that this is the will of God. They think somewhere they missed it. But can I help you? Amen. This is exactly what God wants. Every individual has got to go through these moments. Amen. He takes every, he takes us away from everything that is like us. Amen. He takes us, amen, out of the leaven, if you will, out of the rest of the bag of leaven. And he takes us and he plants us into this dough. And this dough is nothing like us. And this dough is uncomfortable. But this very dough, God is putting us in there. And God is using those times to shape us and to mold us what we are supposed to be. Amen. Can I help you? It's not when you're around everybody that's like you that's going to make you better. Sometimes you got to step out of that and get into the uncomfortable and God begins to transform you and God begins to shape you and God begins to mold you. As Christians, we can start to get used to this concept, the darkness, the loneliness, the, the doors that shut behind us. But but, but, but we've got to get the revelation that God is using this to help us become. But this parable is not just referring to God molding us because that's sometimes how we get stuck right there. We get stuck that it's all about 
us. That God is doing this just to mold us. But I've come to help somebody here tonight. I believe that, that God will save us. And God will begin to transform us. And God will pull us out of things. Amen. God will pull us out of our comfort zones. And God will plant us places and put us in dark places. And, and, and allow certain doors to begin to shut in our lives. Amen. But God is doing this so that he can plant us in a measure of meal. Amen. Not so he can just mold us. But can I preach to you about the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, it is built in private development. But can I tell you about the culture of the kingdom of God? The reason God plants you there is not just to mold you, but God plants you there for public influence. God plants you there because he wants to help us to help others. God wants to put us there so we can have an effect on everyone else around us. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise here tonight. Come on, somebody worship him. The kingdom of God is not just about private lifestyle. and It's not just about God molding us and shaping us. That is one half of it. God takes us and puts us in those positions so that we can become what he has called us to be and truly stand firm to that very kingdom that God has pulled us out of. But God will plant us in this loaf. God will plant us in this dough because God wants us, amen, with that are so full of God's word deep down in our heart. God wants to now Plant us somewhere where we can begin to change everything around us. God's kingdom and God's culture, it is not meant to just be all by itself. God's kingdom, its culture is supposed to affect the culture around us. God's kingdom and God's culture is not just there, amen, to stay in its little corner, but God plants us. Can I tell the church, God planted us in Carson City, not so we can stay on West Winnie Lane and just be the little church on the other side of the tracks, but God has planted us there for a specific purpose, and that purpose is to affect the entire region, and that purpose is to affect the entire state, and that purpose is to affect the entire nation, and that purpose, can I preach, is to affect the entire world. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, you got to understand the culture of the kingdom. It doesn't just stay there by its lonesome, but it spreads, it expands, it becomes. Come on, somebody pray. That's why the Bible would say in 1 Corinthians 5 and 6, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It was understood then and it's understood now. You can't just put a little yeast in your bread and it only affect one piece of your bread. But when you put that leaven in there, it completely changes everything around it. Jesus warned his disciples to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. We usually associate leaven with something negative. But, but Jesus was not talking about something negative in our text here today. But Jesus was going into something different. But, but if we were to look at it from the negative 
Amen. Beware of the the, the leaven of, fair, of Herod and of the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus was warning them uh, that their negative influence uh, would eventually corrupt them, that it's impossible to rub shoulders uh, with the wrong people and there not be something rub off on you. Uh, amen. This is why I believe uh, as a preacher and as a Christian uh, that we should choose our friends, uh, our hobbies, uh, our entertainment uh, very, very wisely uh, because there is a negativity that can begin to permeate into your spirit. Uh, and there is a sinful nature that can begin to influence people negatively. This is why the Bible would say, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can I preach to the church for just a, a few moments? I, I want somebody to recognize this. The church is not the world. The church is not the world. It's time for people to stop trying to make them the same thing. They're not the same thing. They are mutually exclusive. We are opposites. We are not to be like the world. We are absolutely supposed to be those that are called out from among them and separate. Amen. I've met a lot of people, even young men my age, that say, well, if the church would just do this, maybe we'd grow. But this is where I got a problem with it. 99% of the time when I've heard that, it's been somebody that's third or fourth generation Pentecost. And I don't have a problem with anybody that be third or fourth generation. Thank you for your heritage. But they want to come and tell me, a, a street kid, a hood kid, what the world wants. Let me tell you from personal experience what the world wants. The world doesn't need anything that looks like the world. I came into church and I said, this is exciting. It looks like nothing I've ever seen. Church doesn't look like the movies I've watched. Church doesn't look like what they say it should be on television. I haven't fallen asleep one time. It's not boring. It's not dead. Can I preach you about what the church should be? The church should be the church. The church. The church should continue to stand as a, as a beacon of light that we are what we are, no apologies. We are who we are, no apologies. We look the way we look, no apologies. We live the way we live, no apologies. Can I preach to you, the kingdom has its own culture. The kingdom has its own culture, and we will not back down. Oh, somebody praise him. Come on, if you're an apostolic person, you ought to thank God. You're an apostolic person. You ain't part of a dead, dry, boring religious church, but you got something that's alive. You got something that's real. When they're down, there's resurrection in the church. When there's no life, you got life within you. Amen. That dough, that dough has no life. It's just wheat that's been crushed. There's nothing to it. But that leaven, it's alive. That leaven's alive. He's saying the kingdom of God, amen, it is alive. And when you put that alive thing into that inanimate thing or that dead thing, there's only one thing that's going to happen. There's going to be life that's going to start coming forth. Amen. But, but I want to help somebody. We, we are not like the world. We should not be like the world. But, but Jesus was not saying the leaven in a negative posture this time. He was saying the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. This time he's saying it's in the positive. We cannot live, amen, in fear of the world. 
Amen. I hope I define very clearly. We are apostolic and we're not ashamed of it. Amen. Maybe you are, but I'm not. But I also want to put a little plug out there. God did not call us to be Amish apostolics. Amen. God did not call us to be apostolic monks that hang out in a monastery up in the Tibetan mountains. God did not want us to be these people that are so far away that they, they have no idea what's going on in the world. Amen. They're just up, amen, in the mountains just with their singing to the Lord book. Nothing wrong with that. But they don't care. I've been in churches like this. They don't care how their neighbor's doing. They don't, they don't care how their neighborhoods are doing or how their city's doing. They're, they're up in their own monastery all by themselves. God never said the kingdom of God is like a bunch of monks, but God said it's like leaven that's put inside of the loaf. God said you're like leaven that was put into the world to change the world, to transform the world. We've got to be the people that don't just talk about God, don't just talk about heaven, but we go out into our city streets and we represent God and we represent heaven. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Oh, come on, let's pray all across the building. I'm almost done preaching right here. Come on, church. We're going to another level. We're going to another level. It's called kingdom culture. It's called kingdom culture. And that culture does not stay in its little corner of society and its little corner of the world. But that culture begins to move its way through everything that surrounds it. The kingdom of God, he says, like leaven, is put in the loaf. It's surrounded by everything that's not like it. It's surrounded by everything that, that should kill it. That should finish it off. It's surrounded by death. It's surrounded by, uh, by, by hopelessness, if you will. It's surrounded by darkness. But God said that leaven is put into the loaf. And I did not put that in that loaf, amen, so that it could die there. God never intended for that to happen to his church. But if God ever plants a person in a job on a college campus, if God ever plants somebody in a family, if God ever plants somebody in a neighborhood, God doesn't want you to get smothered by your neighborhood. God doesn't want you to get smothered by your campus. God doesn't want you to get smothered by your job. But God puts you there with a purpose. And God puts you there for a reason. God said, I put you there. Amen. Not to be influenced, but I put you there to be the influence because the kingdom of God, we are a kingdom, a culture full of influencers. We are a kingdom that does not worry about being influenced. Our kingdom is too powerful. Our culture is too strong. I'm not worried about people backsliding because this person at their job, amen, just told them one thing, and, and now they're so easily swayed. I want to tell you, if you really get a revelation about this word, nothing will be able to sway you. Nothing will be able to change you. Nothing will be able to influence you. When the Holy Ghost really gets a hold of somebody, it immediately begins to change somebody. It starts to convict somebody. Amen. It begins to change somebody. And it, there's a battle of influence. The Holy Ghost versus our sin nature. And what, what God wants to do, God put us and filled us with the Holy Ghost so he could completely transform your life. Amen. Not just one part of your life. Not just one piece of your life. But God begins to transform the entire 
entire way you think, the entire way you live, the entire way you act, because God's got a purpose. He's going to plant you somewhere else, and God's going to use you, amen, to do the same thing on your job, on your campus, in your neighborhood. It's the culture of the kingdom of God. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. There's too many people that have allowed the external, amen, to absolutely influence them to stop fulfilling their God-given purpose and destiny. You are called to be the leaven of the kingdom. You are called to represent the culture of the kingdom to this lost and dying world. Don't capitulate now. Don't let go now. Don't get embarrassed now. But you go and take what God has done in your life and you share it with everybody. Oh, let's pray. Somebody lift up your voice and let's pray. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Church, we got a culture, but that culture is expanding. That kingdom is expanding. That culture is not shrinking. That culture is not ashamed. That culture is not shying away from what it is. It just lives what God created it to live. It just exemplifies what God has called it to exemplify. It's not scared of where God put it. It just begins to do its job. The culture of the kingdom starts in private. But it doesn't stay there. It ends up being public. Amen. Anybody that wants to be used of God, I'm going to tell you how you do it. Start in private, and it'll work its way public. You start when no one's around, and God will put you when everybody's around. You start doing what you know God's called you to do when no one's watching, and God will put you when everybody's watching. But that leaven of the kingdom, that culture of the kingdom, I want to tell you about the end result of the kingdom culture and the culture of the kingdom. That leaven starts by being surrounded by everything that's not like it. It is smothered. It is in darkness. There is no life. There is no resurrection, if you will. It's, it's surrounded, and it feels like it's outnumbered by everything around it. I remember being the only apostolic person in my high school. But I did not allow it to stay that way. I went and I handed out, I'm not trying to brag, I handed out thousands of flyers. I skipped class because I wanted to make sure before I leave this high school, I don't want to be the only young person living for God. It was a task in which I was surrounded. And everybody that's ever been, uh, amen, in their job has felt the same thing before. Uh, amen, they're cussing, but you're not. Uh, they're going a certain direction, but you're not. Uh, they're listening to this, but you're not. Uh, you're not judging them. You're not being rude to them. But I promise, uh, if you're full of the Holy Ghost uh, and you stand firm, uh, can I tell you the end result uh, of that culture you allowed God to fill you with? That level was outnumbered. But soon it begins to spread because God's kingdom is not satisfied staying with just you. It starts spreading to your family. 
and start spreading to your friends and your neighborhood. That's one, one way, good way to tell whether somebody's been full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost. They start telling everybody they know because that kingdom cannot stay where it is. But that leaven begins to cause the entire loaf that was flat and dead and lifeless. It causes it to rise. The leaven starts out as the minority, but soon it becomes the majority. The leaven doesn't just change the culture. Can I help somebody? It becomes the culture. And now everything that it once was surrounded by, it now surrounds everything else. Can I tell you about the, chi- the, 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 the kingdom of God? Church here in Carson City, there might be a moment right now where we feel outnumbered. But there's going to come a day where every Walmart you walk into, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so, man, I just happened to be at McDonald's, and I, I saw Sister Pam, and I, you know, I just, I just ran into everybody. I just, I, I'm telling you, I've lived through it. Uh, there was a moment in my home church uh, where it just looked like us four and no more. But God's kingdom and his culture never stays that way. Uh, now I run into apostolic people everywhere I go. Can I preach to you? God's kingdom is expanding. Uh, God's culture is expanding. Uh, be who God has made you to be. Uh, do not be ashamed. Uh, stand firm. Uh, stand still. And see what God will do. Lift up your hands and pray. I'm done preaching. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray for just a few moments? God, you called your church to affect the culture and to become the culture, to change the culture and to become the culture. I will not be ashamed of the culture of the kingdom. It is the will of God. It is the plan of God. And I will take this culture and share it. There's a multiplicity of God's kingdom right now. It's multiplying in minds. It's multiplying in hearts. That culture, that culture, it's not just on Sundays. It's on Monday. It's on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's everyday prayer. Come on, church, let's pray. What God has done in you, it is not done with you. It does not finish in you. God will plant you somewhere to change the culture. God will plant you in a family, a job, an area to change the culture. church all across the world, lift up your hands. God say, just represent my kingdom. I'll do the work. I'll do the rest. Let you just represent what God's done in your life and watch God multiply. Watch God expand. Watch God change everything around you.
church all across the and lift up your hands. Let that be your prayer. If you'll be what God is calling you to be, you'll watch everything around you transform. Your friends, your family, your neighborhood, your job. Your, come on, everything begins to transform around the child of God. Church, can I just tell somebody, we are sitting on the precipice of the greatest revival that we've ever seen or heard of. And I know that sounds like exciting words, but I'm, I mean it very, very straightly and very truthfully. But that revival is solely dependent on the leaven, being the leaven. Tries to be the loaf, nothing changes. Tries to be like everything that's surrounded by, nothing changes. The greatest youth revival that will ever come to this church is when young people make up their mind, I'm going to live for God. The greatest revival in children are when people say, you know what, I'm going to reach out to that child and I'm going to love him. Because they might not have a mom or a dad that loves them. And I'm going to affect their culture. The greatest revival this church will ever see is when people say, you know what, God, whatever is in your culture, let it be represented through me. I will not be ashamed of it. I will not hinder it. I will let it flow freely out of me. I want to tell you, we're going to preach about the kingdom culture for a while. But that kingdom culture is full of love. It's full of mercy. It's, it's full of a lot of things. If you think about God, I want you to let that begin to flow out of you. God. God is love. Huh? Let it flow out of you. And that leaven begins to affect everybody you're connected to. But it means God starts with us. God always starts with a man, a woman. God always starts with an individual, a family. And God begins to spread. As God begins to spread like he told Abraham, you're going to be a blessing to everybody. Can I preach to this church? There's coming today. We will be a blessing to the whole world. Lift up your hands and let's pray. But it starts right now, people making a decision. I'm going to serve God to my fullest extent. I'm going to live for God with everything that is within me because I will be a catalyst for somebody else's salvation. I will be a catalyst for revival in this region. I will be a catalyst that, that there be apostolic people come out of this region as preachers, as missionaries, as evangelists. Come on, somebody make up your mind. I will be what you're calling me to be. There's a lot riding on it, a lot depending on it. Revival is depending on me being uh, the kingdom culture in my city. Pray all across the building.
One more time, lift up your hands all across the building. I'm telling you, there's revival coming out of this service here tonight. God is going to start planting. What he's doing in your heart right now, God's going to start planting you in places that you didn't think you'd be. And God's going to cause you to affect that culture. God's going to have you change that culture. And eventually what you're surrounded by will become kingdom culture. Hallelujah to the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for another opportunity to come into your house. God, this is a wonderful group, God, a wonderful people that are filled with your spirit, God. And I'm praying what you have done in our lives. I pray, God, plant us in places where we can completely do for others what you have done for us, God. And I'm asking that revival would, would sweep through this room and, and go home with every individual, God. Uh, affect every family, every job, uh, every person that they come in contact with, with the culture of the kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. God bless you.